1: Welcome to another edition of Talking Yang. Jeff Erickson, Chris List here, the international edition. They're all international editions until Chris decides to come back or I go to Portugal, one or the other. I do need to go to Portugal sometime, Chris. I'd like to go there. Um, It's just a matter of, uh, with this busy kid schedule and all that, trying to figure out a time to do that. But I I do want to make it
3: there. I think, are you going to stay there for a while? Are you going to still buy that place? Uh, Maybe. It depends on a bunch of variables, one of which is tax-related, which is way too boring to go into in this podcast, that we... Have digressed into boring topics before. This would really take the cake. Um,
2: Dude,
3: a so good yeah, host makes some...
1: every topic exciting. Come on.
3: <laughs> yeah, the uh, the tax issues here in Portugal. But yeah, if if we get that resolved, we got this takes for everything takes forever here. Yeah, it's it's. I hope we're here for a while. It's a nice place. You should visit. You'd be welcome. You could stay here with us. Although with both girls, I think we get a little crowded in the one guest room we have for you. But um, it's cheap here. You wouldn't even need to, you could get yourself like a nice Airbnb or hotel.
1: Right. And that way you wouldn't feel the burden of making sure like, Oh, are these guys entertained. We just, you know, cause that is one thing when you have people over and they stay like multiple days. I mean, you usually only have time to do like one, take them to a couple of your favorite places and then you got to do your own thing. You got stuff going on. Plus, you know, you might get fatigued of each other too. Good tip for when you're having people over. I mean, just yeah, make sure they're independent enough that they can go do their own thing sometimes that's it tr- that holds for my parents too my parents they're good they'll rent a car they'll go do find some sort of site you know they'll go go to a museum on their own and i sometimes pick up a driving in the carpool lane ticket well they're not supposed to do that but using my car but whatever um that happens that's cost of doing business uh but yeah you, you when you're when you're traveling with someone and you're going to see someone don't make them entertain you for two or three days either
3: yeah, I, I rarely entertain people to that extent. Heather always takes it upon herself. She worries that I'm entertaining like my mom too little and then starts taking her around all the time. I'm like, you don't have to do it. Just, she's like, yeah, but you won't do anything, and then she'll be bored. I'm like, no, I'll, I'll do it. Just let me be. And so I take him around a little bit. So I hear you, man. I, I don't believe in the uh, entertain everyone. You know, some, I'll give them suggestions where to go, and I'll go with them to some places. I took right. Trevor Ray, that nutless monkey, around. So uh, a little bit, but he had his own thing. He was with, uh, his, his girlfriend and they did their own thing, but you know, I when, you, when you go to Lisbon, what's
1: the one must see for you? Not necessarily for the public, but for you,
3: it's me. I'm the must see. Oh. Uh, I think that's for the public. Uh, and for anybody who's contemplating going, no, it's uh, there's nothing, there's no must see. Like people go to the castle, Castelo Sao George is it's got a nice view. You know, the people go to, uh, different areas, you know, the, there's like, different historic things, but there's no, there's no Eiffel tower in my opinion of, uh, not that the Eiffel tower is the Eiffel tower, but,
1: or even um, Prague castle, which is the home of the original defenestration. Uh, yeah. yeah well, so I think defenestration is
3: absolutely a must. Although I didn't go to Prague castle when I was in Prague. I'll tell you though, that uh, it's an interesting thing. Um, there's something called the a concept called the shelling point and it's a really cool concept. And it's like, if you and me were going to Paris, and we had to meet up with each other, but we had no way of communicating. Where would you go to meet me? Probably Eiffel Tower. Yeah, right? Or the Louvre. I don't know. If you're like, right, one of those two, but probably the Eiffel Tower would be your first choice. You'd be like, look, he's trying to meet me. I'm trying to meet him. We can't communicate. Let's just go to the Eiffel Tower. You would just go there because it's the obvious thing to do. And there's that, that's a concept that uh, it's an interesting concept. So anyway, there is no shelling point to my knowledge in uh, Lisbon. All right. Um, no, no, maybe a soccer stadium. I don't know.
1: That'd be cool. Or a certain Benfica. restaurant.
3: Yeah, you go to Benfica, but there's two stadiums.
1: Yeah. And I, knowing, knowing that you're not a big Ramero. soccer aficionado, that probably wouldn't work.
3: It's just, there is. I don't think there's one place in Lisbon. There's is Praça do Comercio, which is this kind of cool square. But, you know, there's like five sites that are all kind of whatever, equally iconic. That's not why you go to a city, though, man. You got to get the. For me, it's like you just got to get the vibe of the city, walk through it, go away from the tourist places, go to some restaurants, go to some uh, regular different neighborhoods, walk around. That's, that's, I think, the best thing to do in a city.
1: A lot of walking to do there, especially if you go the wrong way. Yeah. Uphill, man. Get, gets you in good shape. Uphill both ways in the snow. No, sh- no, no boots, no snow boots, no, no shoes even. It's tough. It doesn't snow here. It's like L.A. I know. I was just being silly. Okay, let's talk football. Begrudgingly, we got to talk a little football. I don't want to start off with my stupid bangles. We did this on the air on Sirius and XM, but I think it bears repeating, especially because the news is out. They fired uh, defensive coordinator Terrell Austin, and they have hired nobody yet. It's going to be Marvin Lewis. He's going to be the defensive coordinator oh, and the head coach. His
3: that's his best role. He should demote himself. If he really were a leader, he'd demote himself to defensive coordinator, and they would hire an at-large coach. They would find another coach.
1: See, here's where the problem is. Hugh Jackson is available, and there's already some talk about Hugh Jackson being the guy that they're going to bring, up, bring in as like help with the offense. You know, just keep an eye on the offense while he's when Marvin's good focusing the def- focusing on the defense.
3: It's a good idea. You know, I was in this. Uh, I think it was an NFBKC hoops league once, and this guy in the league, his name was Hugh H U G H. Jasshole, J A S S. I'm sure that's his real name. I don't think it's his real name. It could be, but I don't think so. That was his chosen name. So it's huge asshole. And I kept, I kept saying, "Oh, huge asshole is ahead of me in the standings." Huge asshole is, you know, whatever. And whenever I think of Hugh Jackson, I always think of huge asshole. Basically, I can't get it out of my. I can't disso, I can't uh, separate the two associations. Good story, man. Yeah, that's it. Uh, uh,
1: but it, it, it's more of the same, and yet here I am. I'm still like hoping, hoping that uh, you know things will turn around, but they're never. It's never going to turn around. It's
3: Why do you still root for that team? Because I, mean, I, I haven't don't found understand.
1: It's inertia. Inertia is really the thing that's kind of uh, taken uh, run, run the day okay. here.
3: Let Let me make you a pitch. Let me make you a pitch here. It's not going to be the, the Giants game. have one win this year. So you're you're definitely not you know jumping on right any kind of bandwagon. So you don't you can't be accused of that. They have, in my opinion, a good coach front office is suspect, but the coach is good. They've got a generational running back and receiver on the team. They've got some good individual defensive pieces, though. The defense has mostly been dismantled. It's okay. I think the defensive coordinator uh, is not bad. James Betcher. I think he's done an okay job with, with a, being dealt a tough hand. And I think this team is not that far from contending. Obviously they need a real quarterback, which I think they'll have by next year one way or the other. I think it's a great time to buy low on the Giants, Jeff, and um, we'll have you. We'll, we'll, we'll take you in if you want to be a fan of the Giants.
1: Yeah, a few, a few people have jumped off that bandwagon. I'm sure there are seats available. I'm going to decline because you still have the same crappy owner. And I've gone. I'd be going from one crappy owner to another crappy owner.
3: You're talking about the, the the class act that the Maras are. You're calling class them crappy. Class
1: act. Yes. How dare I? It's heretical there to say that the owner is only a force of good in this in this league. It's always
3: the players. But there's the no. Wrong, okay. What I'm trying to say is that you know John Mara is is a nutless monkey compared but to his He drives everything. I mean, he does. But but the, he's no worse than the rest of the ownership in the football league. Like he's not like he's not too cheap to own a team. It's not like. It's not like the Bengals ownership or some of these owners that almost like they're they're you know Mark Davis who just seems like he's insane. John is just a nutless monkey, which to me is probably most of the owners in the NFL.
1: Probably is, and I just, I I just the whole like, oh Odell's got to learn how to be a leader. Yeah, terrible, horrible. I mean that just turned me off. That that was like but they they paid Odell
3: in the end. Odell won, right? He won that battle.
1: Sort of, but this was after he signed the contract. Even and he's still—I know—but
3: like, I know. but like
1: it hasn't really. No, he hasn't won the battle because Eli's still the quarterback.
3: Well, no, but that's that battle is going to be won. Also, the, the thing is, and I, I said this—I was going to divorce the Giants if they traded Odell because there was rumors that they were going to, because that would show that would just be beyond the pale. So I, you know, they signed Odell. They gave him the money. I think, like, even though they're nutless, like they're not—they're not as bad as they could have been. Maybe, maybe. But
1: right now, I'm going to ride this season out. God, it's like changing rules in a fancy league midseason. You can't do it. You got to wait till after this they season. They franchised you. The Bengals franchised you, and now you're stuck this season. Yeah, this you is the 17th crazy. year in a row they've done that, too. <laughs> they really,
3: that's really Just no, like Marvin Lewis. Say. You got to be more left-bound. You
1: know, the thing is about Marvin Lewis, I'm so conflicted because, well, I'm not as conflicted as I used to be. I was conflicted because he legit did turn around the franchise. You know, this, this was did, a bigger joke of a team around, well, than he, he happened before he was there. Be there. What's that?
3: He turned it around or the franchise happened to turn around and he just happened to be standing on the sideline when it happened.
1: Little column, a little column B. I, I, I think he was a positive force. I really do. I mean, Bengals have had some really crappy teams, really crappy coaches. And the thing is. The one constant has been the Brown family. Not Paul Brown. He was dead by then. But Mike Brown running the team into the ground uh, and getting all these subsidies. The thing Here's the thing. There's no punishment for being a crappy franchise. You still make money hand over fist in
3: the NFL well, and, and MLB for that matter too now. There is a punishment. There is a punishment. You just have to be willing to dole it out.
1: Yeah. Uh no, there isn't because they well, could draw nobody. It out. They still make all this money in the world off the T V contract. I'd have to stop playing foot, fantasy football. I'd have to stop watching football and no, get, it, encourage a hundred million people to do the same. That's the only it, way I benefit.
3: No, you gotta you gotta uh read a little Immanuel Kant. Act only on that maxim you would will to be a universal law. You can't it's not up to you to make everybody else do something. You can't that's not in your control. But you can do what you think everybody should do. And if you believe the Bengals have not delivered uh, on their contract with you as a team that you're a fan of, you can just stop rooting for them and never go to a Bengals game. And if everybody felt that way and nobody went to their games, they would be punished.
1: Here's where I admit I have not been to a game in like 20 years. (laughs) I have never been to a game in Paul Brown Stadium. It's not a principle. You 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 would have gone to a game had you had the opportunity. And Bengals already don't draw. Take a look at the stands from the last two games. Uh, at halftime, it was a third full, but the Tampa Bay game before that, it was empty at the start of the game. And this was a, uh, for a team that, you know, hadn't
3: yet collapsed. I mean, the defense, oh, no, they, they make the playoffs, uh, before the, uh, saints game. I think they'd be a, one of the wild cards, right?
1: That, that was correct. Uh, now, now I think there's, they might even still be alive. I have to pull up the, I mean, they still might be there because the rest dolphins of them. lost. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 see the AFC is top heavy. I mean, it, there's just not a whole lot of depth to it. There's like four good teams. There's the Steelers. There's the We've talked about the Steelers, the Pats, uh, the Chargers, Chiefs, five teams. I, I'd include the Titans in there now.
3: I don't know. I mean, the Texans are 6-3, and three, and the Titans are like, what
1: they're are they? They're actually behind the Texans? the Texans. That's a good point, <laughs> a valid point. The Texans, I, I, they've won six in a row. I, I don't get it. I, I don't think they're very good, but here
3: they are. You know what's interesting? Who did the Giants beat this year? The Texans at uh, at uh, Houston. I saw that. And um, at Carolina, uh, the the Panthers needed a 61 yard field goal to beat them. Yep, that's right.
1: One win, one win
3: this year. Holy cow! Don't mess with the Giants. They're a very dangerous team. Yeah, that, that, that don't mess. They only do well. They only play well against playoff teams. Good thing they haven't had any other playoff games. Yeah, no, they've had. They're, they're yeah.
1: Well, they play the anyway. play the Niners tonight. Big preview. What do you think? Yeah.
3: Uh, I think I said twenty four twenty three giants. The only the thing about the giants that I love so much is even though the team's a joke and I actually don't care if they win a game because I actually want them to get a better pick is that Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham are so exciting to watch. Like I love watching those guys, like any play they can take it to the house. There's, there's no receiver. I'd rather watch than Beckham. And I'm not just saying that as a giants fan and there's no running back. I'd rather watch than Barkley. So it's just, it's always exciting, unless it's like that Dallas game, which was just unwatchable, or the Eagles game. There's been some terrible games. But even, even in some of those games, you see Barkley or Beckham make ridiculous plays.
1: Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, and yet, here we are, 150 points through eight games. That's, that's the, it's all Eli. It's got to be Eli.
3: Yeah. Well, th- those are the only two guys who do anything. Shepard gets involved sometimes, too, but that's basically it. So even though they have a meager output It's so concentrated. I mean, they have like the narrowest tree in the league. Yeah. By the way, who scored the fewest points in the NFL so far? This year? Yeah. I mean, I would have said the Bills, but the 41 might have, you're saying, like, put them. Yeah. And granted,
1: they have a game in hand over the team that's below them. There is one team that's worse than them.
3: Uh, I see. They've played one more game, the Bills? Yeah. Yeah. So so the Bills are. Because the Bills have their bye in week 11. Right. Um, I would say I'd have to think about it. I'm sure I would get it pretty quick if I, uh, went through the entire league Are the giants last. No, they, this team has scored 124 points. The giants have
1: scored 150.
3: Oh, okay. that seems substantial. It's the Raiders.
1: No, the Raiders have scored 147. Okay. Then it's an I NFC would have team to, uh, AFC or NFC NFC Cardinals. Yes. Arizona Cardinals hundred and twenty four points in nine games they have a negative 101 point differential the uh, the the Raiders are worse at one negative one twenty five the bills are at negative one fourteen but still it's pretty eye opening uh, that you know and I think they're getting better I think Arizona's better with the coordinator change uh, Wilkes I don't know about him I'm not I, I don't know. I'd like, you know, I don't, they haven't had a functional offense all year, so it's kind of hard to blame the, the first year head coach for that. But uh, yeah, it, get that, that uh, coordinator change was absolutely desperately needed. So we'll see. I think they're better now, but you know, they still got to win some every
3: once in a while. And if they could play the Niners every week, they'd be fun.
1: Yeah, they could that they're, they're two and against the Niners and zero and seven against the rest of the league.
3: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the Giants do. I'm I'm really I'm actually looking forward to this game. Yeah. Uh
1: I think the and here's the thing, the Niners have scored 207 points in the same in the same number of games. So you know they're in and, and 9 games, same name number as the Cardinals at least. Uh they're not bad. It's just they're at least I don't feel that feel that they're as bad offensively. I mean, they they've got parts that are pretty interesting. I think they've been decimated by injuries, starting with Garoppolo, but and McKinnon at the beginning of the season too, and you know a lot of a lot of linemen that always hurts too. So we'll see. But I, this should be a a scintillating battle for a, the ages tonight. It'll actually be entertaining. Uh, some other news I want to talk about. Uh, we talked about this on Sirius and XM on today's show. The Rams they lost Cooper Cup with a torn ACL and. You and I both think that it's not just that they're missing him and the next guy up, but that the rest of the offense kind of is a fulcrum off of this a little bit. It hurts them a lot. Uh, lose that one guy that's such a great route runner, it changes their offense a lot.
3: Yeah, they just use them in a lot of different ways. I mean, that stupid jet sweep, which is kind of like the wildcat from 10 years ago. It's like, OK, we, we, we get it. I think people are a little bit more onto the Rams golf's getting sacked more. Mm-hmm. Their, their schemes are not quite as tricky. And then cup was such a key part. And I'm not even sure he's a hundred percent, you know, but when he came back, he was decent, but he was really a huge part of it. And yeah, you know, like Robert Woods and Brandon cooks, Brandon cooks made some great catches in that game. I mean, he's more athletic and a better receiver than people realize. He's not just like a, a speed guy, but he's small. And Robert Woods is average to small, and Gurley's amazing, but I don't know, man. I just feel like they're missing one piece, and people are more onto them, and it's not quite the same, just juggernaut that it was the first five or six games. So, still obviously a good team, but it's just not, you know, it's just like the Patriots in 2007. They were like, you know, they were undefeated during the regular season, but they were winning by like 40 every game, and then the second half they stopped covering the spread. Teams caught onto them. It's not as extreme as that because the Patriots are even better. But it's similar in the sense that it's just not taking people by surprise anymore.
1: No, it isn't. And but that's that's the league in a nutshell, too. I mean, that you they, this is a team that didn't reveal anything in the preseason, uh, right. so they, that gave them that little bit extra element of surprise. And they they stayed healthy for the most part when they when
3: and they lost. Yeah, go ahead. They they use the same personnel on all the snaps. Like they're the one team that just has like the same people in the whole time. They just don't sub very much. One, once in a while, Malcolm Brown will come in for Gurley, but they have the same three receivers, one tight end. They switch up the tight ends and Goff. The same offensive line every single time. They line up in that eleven personnel, the three receivers, one tight end, one running back every time. And so it's like the reps they have; they all know exactly where to be. They're all in sync. And maybe early in the year, when teams are taking time to catch up, it's most effective. But as you get going, and teams are are also kind of more in sync, and see what you're doing, we'll see.
1: Yeah, uh, maybe. But then maybe they'll make the the other counter adjustments to what teams are doing, adjusting to them too. So, I mean, I think McVeigh is smart enough. Goff is smart enough to be able to make that adjustment.
2: Yeah,
3: we'll see. Uh, I mean, let's also do they have the personnel? You know, I mean, do they have? Can they? You know, they create a lot of space in their in their scheme, but do they have guys? I mean, cooks is really fast and agile. And so I think he's almost like an Antonio Brown with even more long speed if used properly, but they don't, you know, it's not like they have a Julio Jones or, you know, a more physical big receiver. They don't have a tight end that can dominate. They still have a lot, you know, they have Gurley and they have cooks, but it's not like the offense is loaded with like all sorts of weapons.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's true. That is true. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this game next week. You know they play the Chiefs in Mexico City in Week 11 here.
3: Yeah, that should be a great you game. You see what
1: the total is in that game?
3: Um, I didn't see it, and don't tell me the spread because i got to guess it uh, tonight, tomorrow. But I'll say the total is 62. It Keep going. It's 64.
1: Wow, 64. I, what I read was it's the highest regular season total ever in the
3: NFL. I heard that the totals that are over 57 and a half, they've, like, Gone over like almost all the time. Yeah, the Saints Rams certainly did. They're like almost always
1: easily just an over. Like they went out, to eighty, it, I think, like in that. that game, right? It was it was uh, a yeah. it was a Big Twelve game. It was an old school uh, Mountain West game. Uh, yeah, you know, love, I love seeing. And hey, I, I probably want every game to be like that, but man, it's fun when it, you get two Here's here's here's, here's
3: the like stat. That. It's Jonathan Bales tweeted this out. He said uh, there've been eleven games that have had a, ra- a total of fifty-seven. or higher over the past 15 years and every single one has gone over and by an average of more than 10 points why did he choose 57 and a half uh probably because at 57 one of them didn't go over right still it's the narrative yeah there's been 11 at 57 and a half and every single one has gone over
1: yeah so there you go uh oh and hey i can't wait you know mahomes and the chiefs they've kind of sort of slowed down lately uh, who, someone was pointing out. Was it Tom or was it was it a reader that pointed out that uh, like Ro, like Roethlisberger has outperformed
3: Mahomes for the last? No, no, no. It's Trubisky. Trubisky outperformed. That has outperformed. That's right. That that's that's exactly it. That was Bennett who did the work. i I, yes. said, I saw a stat that like since week four they're like neck and neck uh, between Mahomes and uh, and Trubisky, and then Bennett said it's different scoring system. I think it was like Tristan Cockcroft or somebody. They use he always uses like the ESPN scoring system if we tweet something like that out. So there may be differences for passing yards versus rushing yards or whatever.
1: Did you realize uh, this game uh, last this this game yesterday for against the Cardinals was the
3: Chiefs lowest score of the year at 26? I didn't realize that. But if you would ask me if 20 if they ever scored 26 or lower, I would probably say no. Yeah,
1: 26 and then 27 against the Broncos on Monday night in Denver. Uh, those are the only two times they've scored less than 30 points this year. This well, year.
3: That's, they they sacked Mahomes five times. They didn't have Sammy Watkins, which doesn't totally yeah. sound like that big a deal, but it's and Tyree kill went off, but it's one less guy to worry about. So, yeah. Speaking of Watkins, uh,
1: there's uh, Adam Teicher. He's the ESPN Chiefs reporter, uh, suggests that, uh, that he, he is uh, likely to play on Monday night. It's a Monday night game, okay. too. That, that one in Mexico City, and then they're both teams are on by in Week 12. So I know I had someone like ask like, should I uh, hold on to quarterback X, quarterback X, because I've got Mahomes. I'm like, yeah, you know, you might want to, you know, or, or no, they he didn't have, they didn't have Mahomes or golf, but they had two really good quarterbacks. Like, you know, try to sell them, hold on to them, and sell them for the week. You know, then Week 12 when your opponent's got one of those guys on by, you can extract a pretty decent premium, perhaps. Uh, but anyways. Uh, a couple other notes. C.J. Anderson cut by the uh, Panthers. Little, it doesn't matter to us right now, but it just kind of a, the final rebuke for those who was like, oh, McCaffrey's not going to get that much work. C.J. Anderson's certainly going to get hit, you know 10 touches a game,
3: right? They didn't bring in C.J. Anderson for no reason, dude. Yeah. They clearly brought, you know, he's still got lots, lots left in the tank or not. You know, yeah, well, it's not tank. I mean, he's only been in the league like four or five years. It's not like he's old. The he average running back good. career is three years. You know, well, it wasn't because it wasn't because of injuries, though. I, I think no. I think with C.J. Anderson, what happened was McCaffrey a has held up pretty well. He's scored some touchdowns finally, which has made his value like really first round value where he was drafted. I hated McCaffrey this year. I thought it was a total fraud that he was being drafted there. But I was wrong about that. But the thing is, um, but my process was awesome. No, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but the, but the thing, the thing is that I don't think it's McCaffrey. I mean, it's partly McCaffrey holding up really well. He's, McCaffrey. If you notice is he's never even on the injury report. Right. So like he's, yeah. he's getting I'm pulling up McCaffrey's page. You know, he's not having a crazy workload because he's not really a workhorse. I mean, he is because of the catches, but if you look at his carries, it's 10, eight, then he had 28. Okay. Against the bangles, but anyone would, keep going against the Bengals, 17, eight, seven, 14, 17, 14. It's pretty heavy. I mean, you know, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley get 19, 20, 18. It's not too far off. And then he's always getting lots of catches. So he's been a first round value because he's caught so many passes and he's had enough of a, a running workload to put him over the top. And now the touchdowns have just made him a, basically a first round type player. Um, But I don't think it's, it's so it's partly that, but they still would need a second back. It's not, that's not why I think they got rid of him. I think it's partly because they have Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. I was just going like to say, they this, run those jets in,
1: in, in a good way though.
3: Yeah. yeah. In this new NFL, why do you need some, you know, mediocre plotting backup running back when you have these receivers who are hybrids who are like really good runners and you know, other, they, they may as well just have all these guys who can catch passes and run, and be tricky out of the backfield, so right. They're not I running out of
1: two tight end, running back, fullback formations. That's right. You know, right. there's like four wides. There's you know, there's constant motion before the snap. Yeah, it creates all these mismatches and it works. You know, yeah. it, you know the team. You know the Rams do this jet sweep. You talked about that. I don't mind it when the Rams do because they kind of do it right. You know, well
3: they did it right. They they do it. They did it, but it's. It's just not, yeah, it, it, it was like for a touchdown for cooks. Uh, a they got a runner. touchdown for cooks. Okay. So that was good. But they got totally stuffed. that it almost caught from the game on that first and 10. It was a dumb call. Yeah. They, they went lost to seven one, on that one. That's the downside. They, they, they went to it one too many times. And it just was the wrong call because you, well, you, know, you wanted to get four or five get, yards. Yeah, you, you want either you wanted to play action and throw a, a pass down the field and just end it on one pass. Easy. Right. Or, you wanted to get four or five yards and just, you know, get the first down the old fashioned way. But you, d- you definitely did not want to pitch it back, you know, seven yards in the backfield and try to trick them. That was just a dumb idea at that time. And I just don't think it's been as effective lately as it has early in the year where it's like, holy crap, look at this thing coming out of nowhere.
1: Right. I would think that, you know, the, the downside of that, that play call, too, is the, the threat of the pass wasn't there at all. There is no, you know, that's that's why it didn't work. So they got penetration quickly. Uh, they're like, oh well, this guy's going. Well, we'll, we'll stay with them here. As but they
3: opposed- knew that. But they knew, like, they were going to play the run hard because they had no other choice. Right. So the the play was play action and throw the ball, not play action and hand it off on a jet sweep. Right. I, I agree. It's it's a regular just- route down the field. You know what I mean? They would have had time. Anyway. Yeah, I hear you. I don't really care because at that point they had blown the cover anyway. Yeah. So, but this is. Uh, my mea culpa for
1: the hour, not even for the day. It's I do a couple a day at least. Uh, that I was completely wrong about. I have no McCaffrey, so I'm, I'm no, I I'm was leading
3: the Christian, the anti-Christian McCaffrey train. Not you, Jeff. Yeah,
1: well, I, I'm I'm jo- I, I'm right there as like the first chair uh, behind yeah. you, behind the conductor, because I, yeah. I have 15 leagues and I don't have them anywhere. No, well, I, I think mean, I have them. I, I, I have them one place actually in that fancy football evolution game. Oh, there you go. Uh, And he's been, it's been great having him there. I've got Kareem Hunt and McCaffrey, uh, and then like the Niners backs or something like that. It's been, you know, it's just kind of random, but, uh,
0: support for this podcast comes from wild Turkey, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Let's tune into their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from old fourth ward in Atlanta.
3: I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild
2: Turkey.
0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
1: Anyways, uh, no one cares. Moving on. Uh, the, the Bucks, they announced that Fitzmagic is going to be the quarterback again this week. And um, I, I don't really have, you know, I, actually, I have a dog in this fight. I have a lot of Fitzpatrick. I either held on to him in one place or picked him up in a couple other when he got the job back. So, I, yeah, I'm kind of invested in him keeping the job, especially because I've got him as my backup when Mahomes is on by in week 12. Could really, you know, I'm hoping that he hangs on, but he, he's really not that good. Uh, but He sucks.
3: Yeah, He's terrible. His, I mean, come on. He's, person, person, a good he's, backup. Better, he's a good backup quarterback in real life.
1: Is he better or, or, than Winston or not?
3: Um. I think Winston's better and I think Winston's obviously has way more upside. I think, <laughs> I don't think Winston's played that well this year. It's only been a couple of games. I don't know if is what he is. He's just, you know, he's going to make a ton of mistakes. He's going to make some plays and it's, it's dumb. I don't care. I mean, I, I have him in the uh, one league where you have two QBs and I'm like, okay, fine. That's a lost cause. Um, but I don't know. It's just, it's not the right call, man, if you're this team. I mean, Fitzpatrick, if he were playing out of his mind and maybe he's like a pitcher who's 35 who's discovered a new pitch or something, that's fine. But I think we now can see that the, that the Fitzpatrick that we have known over the years is the same guy that's that's here now.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, probably right. I, I don't think he's very good. Uh, this is, And here, you know, Dirk Cutter, like – he he's annoying too. I don't know how to react to this. So he took over all the play calling yesterday. They did roll up 500 yards, right? So it could have been all bad uh the play calling. But at the same time, he, he's got an offensive coordinator that's pretty good and they've been putting up
3: points. I, I I'm not sure I I you know, I don't know what to think about this. Well, he's probably going to lose his job, so you know, someone else is going to be making these decisions. The uh, the yards to me are something, but I think we get a little too far when we put the indicator, you know, the car before the horse, the indicator ahead of the result. If you were like, okay, would you rather have a team that scored, you know, that averages X yards per game uh, going forward for next week? Or would you rather have a team that only got this many yards, but they scored this many points, which offense would you rather have? I would get the one that averaged more yards for next week. But for last week, there's nothing to answer. It's already been answered. (laughs) They scored three points. It was a bad performance. Right. You know I mean? It's not like, I I think this is just this weird thing that people do is they, they look backwards with indicators. Indicators are forward looking. They're like, if you strike out more guys and don't walk guys, then your ERA should be better. But if your ERA is six and you're Jeff Samarja's a couple years ago, you're 4.7. And despite pitching in the pitchers park and best pitchers park in baseball, you can't say, Oh, but he was great. Look at the indicators. That's just, you can't do it like that. It doesn't work like that. They're only working predictively forward. Once the result is in, it's in. So I don't even see, I don't understand people saying, oh, but they got all these yards. It doesn't, to me, that's, it was a, a total failure on offense. I mean, the field goals were bad luck and they cut the kicker just now, but that's not, that was only, you know, two of the drives. Yeah. It's more like
1: catton zero now, now that he's yeah. been cut, but, uh, I I get your point there, and going, you know, it's just one. It's one indicator. It's not the the sole indicator. You know that that's the other thing.
3: But even if it's a good indicator, it's a good indicator of future performance, right? But Mm -hmm. this is something that happened in the past. It didn't work, right? It's it's like I don't know. There's so many examples I could give, but it's like saying I don't know. It's like it's like saying, well, the weather report said it wasn't going to rain, and that's a really good indicator of it being sunny out. So I didn't bring an umbrella and then it rains and you get soaked. You can't go back and say, yeah, but man, my process was awesome. The, the weather report (laughs) is just, that's such a smart way to do it is look at the weather. I mean, you now you're soaked, you know, you catch pneumonia and you die and it's like, okay, well, but the weather report, you know, it's like to me, that's what that's doing. The weather report said one thing, but the reality was something else. Who cares how often the weather reports, right? It was wrong. It was just unequivocally wrong. The offense failed. They scored three points in a home game it's a decent defense but still yeah they missed a couple field goals but when you fumble and throw two picks and just cannot execute in the red zone which is a little bit different to red zone execution is not exactly the same as have you know executing when the defense has to cover the entire field either
1: that's right uh a couple other things i wanted to talk about uh the you know, we're there was some you know, Joe Flacco hurt his hip in practice during the bye week, or maybe he was hurt before it was revealed during the bye week. At any rate, they're saying if he's healthy he'll start. They're backing, they're backtracking from the Lamar Jackson talk, and today there's a note that even if he is out, they're not guaranteed that it's not guaranteed that Jackson will start. It could be RG three, because they want to make sure they have their best chance to win. And I just don't get that. I just don't get that at all. How, how is Lamar playing, not playing Lamar Jackson, their best chance to win? I just, mm. yeah. it's
3: no, I picked him Lamar Jackson in literally every league. I I I know you beat me to it. It was annoying. (laughs) I have him like in like eight leagues. I actually picked him up in the two QB leagues, you know, beforehand, just in case. But well, I mean, there are two different things, right? The Ravens, a, are they still in it? I guess they are because that last wild card is kind of wide open. The Bengals suck. Dolphins suck. The Titans look better, but their record's not good. You know, the Ravens actually do have a, a legit shot at that last wild card. Right? Because the Chargers are getting one. Yeah, and they have a and good the last one's up for grab. Yeah. And so, okay, so that's legit. So they want to win. So what gives them the best chance? Well, they think it's Flacco. Flacco has just been such dog shit for like six years. And I don't understand why you know it's just it's just pathetic. It's like just let these guys go already. Like just see what happens. So okay, so Flacco's able to go, he's going. But then it's like if he's not able to go RG three, he has experience. But RG three has been terrible since his rookie year. Horrible. And Lamar Jackson, I think they see that he's raw, he's not really ready. But that's what they thought about Deshaun Watson, too, when in, in the preseason that year. They started Tom Savage over him. So just let the guy play. You know, it's like, oh, but we can't take a chance. If we lose this game, it can be over. It is a big game between the Bengals, right? It's like a, it's a sort of a, the losers pretty much in, Big trouble, especially right if it's the Ravens to lose. Especially with the Steelers
1: and, rolling too.
3: Well, I mean, division is gone, but it's, it's just the question is who's going to get the wild card if, if yeah, there is no, one in true. that division. But it, it's kind of like I don't know. I, I understand they don't need to. They don't need to start Lamar Jackson yet. If they if they do fall out of it, they'll have plenty of time to do that. But RG three, man, come on. But then the, then you ask like, why is even RG three on the roster if they think Lamar Jackson's gives them a better chance to win now? Why would they even have him on the roster?
1: Mm, that's a good point. Good question. Well, you know, there's, there was talk like last week, even before the flag injury. Okay. We're going to give Lamar Jackson a series this time, a full series. And then they kind of backed off that too. I don't know. Maybe they're just, maybe they're trying to fool the Bengals.
3: Maybe they're just trying to. They don't like, need to fool the Bengals. The Bengals defense is the most are generous defense in the history yeah, of the NFL. Right. There's not. Oh, let's fool them. Maybe they'll not give up the most points and the most yards. So they've
1: the last three games, the Bengals have given up over 500 yards each of the last three games. First time that's happened since 1963.
3: So, right. So is oh, know. but we need to fool them on the RG3 uh, Lamar Jackson swap. That's going to really. That's that's the. That's They've a great had move.
1: one good defensive game all year against the uh, Dolphins, who just can't get out of their own way. it's a joke by the way the dolphins are five and five i mean they're they're better at home i get that but what a joke yeah they're a joke yeah uh it's one of the 37 frauds in the 30 team 32 team nfl but uh they're just really bad uh, i want to talk about a little you know there's news that chris carson is healthy again uh, that they expect him to be able to go on Thursday night. This is a change from a note earlier. Just saw this happen right before the podcast started. You know, Rashad Penny looked really good. Happens to be a, you know, a first round pick. You know, Mario Puig all along has been saying, hey, he's still good. It's just he needs to be at his right weight. He's at his right weight. He looked great against the Rams yesterday. And, you know, there's a, co- a quote from uh, Pete Carroll saying, we can't guarantee all three backs are going to get touches when, all, when they're all healthy. If it's Penny that loses out, that's just like so self-weighting. Yeah. Almost penny
3: wise, pound foolish. Almost. Almost. Uh, so here, here's, here's the thing. I could see Mike Davis being the odd man out if Carson's healthy because Mike Davis had that horrible drop. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't even a big deal. It would have been like second and six, but he dropped it second and 10. <clears throat> he played fine, though. He got like five yards of carry and caught some passes, but he's just not dynamic. And so if they want to win, I think Penny and Carson, who's like a bruiser, just, you know, just runs super hard. That would be the combo to use, but it's easy to locker room wise and just discipline wise. It's easy to just crap on the rookie. And a lot of coaches do that. I don't know why they took him in the first round. If he's going to, you know, I understand if he was out of shape and didn't look good. And so, okay, they didn't play him until he was in shape. But now what's the point? I mean, now he looks great. What's yeah. the point of you know not using them now? Well, you'd figure most teams, and I say most, would be
1: rational and get, put their best players in position, especially at this point in the season where if you got a chance to make the playoffs, then the Seahawks do have a chance at the wild card. They're four and five right now. They're behind the Carolina, who's six and three. The Vikings are five three and one. The Packers, who they're playing, are four four and one. The, the, those are the only three teams they're behind. You know, they can they go ahead of the Packers and if they beat them head to head. I mean, that's a pretty important game right then and there. Yeah, it's not that hard to envision them, you know, catching up to either the Panthers or the Vikings for one of the other two spots. I mean, they could go on a run. They're done playing the Rams. They've got, I think, a couple of games, at least two games left against the Cardinals and the Niners. Uh, so they're scheduled probably, and they play the Panthers next week. So everything is kind of set up for them to go on a run. Uh, they play all the teams they need to play head to head. They play the Niners, they play the Vikings, they play right. the Niners again. Uh, they get a Cardinals game. Someone nine and
3: seven. I mean, well, maybe not nine and seven, 10 and 6 they I'll get in for sure. Yeah. They were to go, if they were to go six and one, five and two, nine and seven, they might, if that second wild card comes from that level, depends on how the Packers and the, but my
1: point though, too, is they get to play the teams they're going that they're competing against for that spot. I mean, it's right there in front of them. Uh, (laughs) this, this is a big week. This is a big week for them. So, you're right. I think
3: Mike Davis should be the odd guy out. But then again, he should have always been the odd guy out, and he hasn't been. Yeah, and he's been okay. It's not like he's been bad. So right. who knows, man? This is stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I just found that interesting there. Uh, one other thing.
1: You know, we always I, – I probably may a culpa too soon. I hate the, like, look at me sort of things. I got to – Random guy tweeted at us and the station uh, for like, oh, I told this one guy to say uh, to start Corey Davis this week. If you want a real fantasy expert, Matthew Barry didn't say this. So, of course, I looked at his timeline because I'm just that sort of guy to do that. Um, And he had some other real good ones there, too, uh, that not that he of course he didn't uh, promote. So I just it it was really funny. And like I got to figure out the Oh, yeah. He said, uh, you know, start. Sterling, uh, Marvin Jones over uh, Leonard Fournette. So, you know, don't take that victory lap
3: so fast because then someone might just go ahead and look at your history. Uh, that's right. What. Yeah. Oh, so he, he's he's mocking you for making the wrong call. And he's got wrong call. Right well,
1: I didn't even make that call. He's just trying no. to promote his own good pick to the whole world. He he sent tweets to like eight different, pe- you know, fancy people. And he dragged down Matthew Berry and Brad Evans in the process. So, you know, he, he said, these
3: guys didn't do it. And then he copied us on that. Like, okay. now yeah. oh. I didn't, I never saw it. Uh, but you know, that, that's like, you know, come on, that's just like getting in an argument with an insane person on the street yeah. or something.
1: I know it's punching down a little bit. I
3: probably shouldn't be. <laughs> exactly. That, but, like, yeah. But it's just, it just You, you me saw, like, you saw the tweets I had with that guy. I mean, I, I actually thought it was really funny, but you know, Dalton and me, we put out the, uh, super contest picks. And of course, whenever we have the bills or the Cardinals or the Niners, which is often they're like, how could you bet on the bills? That's a ridiculous pick. And I'm like, okay, well, if you feel that way, just put a huge bet on the Jets. I always say that. And then the guys, I was like, well, no, I just wouldn't touch that. You know, they weasel out. This guy right. goes, already did. <laughs> yep. So, of course, the, jet, the Jets are laying six and a half, and they, and they lose 41 to 10. And it wasn't even that close. And I just was like, this is a real man shit right here. You know, like, He's like, yeah, I already did put a huge bet. You guys don't know shit. Real man identifies a bad pick against the spread, calls it out, and then bets like crazy on the other side. So that's, I just thought was, uh, was funny. It, it's a little cheap though. I, I was saying that like, after the fact, it's easy to call guys out because, you know, it's, obviously we know what happened, but mm-hmm. no matter what, and this other guy said, yeah, but anybody who's like, that's ridiculous when you're talking about a, a pick against the spread, which is basically 50, 50 he's like, he deserves ridicule. Like yeah. no pick against the spread is ridiculous.
1: Right. You and, yet, agree, and yet you get that all the time in staff picks or in beating the book. In the comments, I get in the value meter every once in a while, but I'll say this: I'll give credit. Someone actually said, "Hey, you had this and this different." I I listened to you and it worked, and it was like, "Oh, I, I, you never." All right, I argued. I think they even argued against me, like, "Hey, Gavin, get credit where credits due. You were right." Uh, so that every once in a while, you get that, and yeah, I'll listen to that
3: person a little bit. More. I get it all the time, Jeff. I don't know about you, I get that all the time. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. Uh, but but no, but again, like uh, people. They, you know, they can, it's basically if, if someone argues that you're against the spread pick is ridiculous, yeah. they're a novice, right? If someone argues that you don't agree because X, Y, and Z, okay, that's fine.
1: Right. That's, that's right. That's absolutely right. Uh, so yeah, it's like that. And so, Hey, when we're obviously wrong on this podcast, tell us before the game start or whatever, or, you know, usually we're not predicting games. Yeah. Afterwards. Tell us afterwards. Yeah. Jeff, like tell Jeff afterwards. Yeah. So what are you working on for East coast offense this week?
3: So I was talking about this a bit. My my main I usually like one like sort of essay, and then I just like throw in the trivia and the other stuff. Um, the essay is uh, based on uh, it's basically what I was saying about indicators, but the same thing with uh, process, which is process is basically like using correct indicators mostly. Um, which is that I, I saw a pundit uh, he was getting crap for saying that uh, people shouldn't start Eric Ebron because he had low volume, and then of course Ebron scored three touchdowns in the first half. And these guys are defending each other on the Ebron call saying, no, 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 I mean, come on. He had such low volume. It was the right call. And I'm thinking like don't – I just, you know, pro tip to a pundit, to someone who makes predictions and gets called out when they're wrong. And I make plenty. I was, as I said, anti-Christian McCaffrey more than anybody, leaving the charge. Um, just own it and be like, yeah, that was wrong. I, you know, it, don't be like my process was awesome, so it doesn't matter that it was wrong. That's a really bad way to go about it uh, because – um, your process is not something that absolves you from the result. Okay. <laughs> your process is something that gets you better results on average in the future, more often than not, if it's good, you might just think it's good. It actually sucks. But if you get it wrong, you got it wrong. It's like the, the you know, it's like the weather channel. It's like, yeah, usually it's right. Oh wait, it's raining, you know? And, uh, and that's, you know, that's, you, you can't do that. You, you, the process only goes in one direction. So I'm going to write about that and how, you know, re- you're misunderstanding what process means. Process is a set of um, a system that you have for, you know, using probability and doing a good job of forecasting. Right. It doesn't help you when you made a wrong forecast in the past. And it is, it's actually irrelevant to anybody who's subscribing to your work, relying on your stuff, is using your stuff. It's irrelevant what your process is in that situation. You're, you're in your own head. You think that this is what's important you and the other people who make predictions who are trying to console yourselves for getting it wrong. But it, that is irrelevant. It is not backward-looking. process is forward-looking only. So when you get it wrong, you say, yeah, I was totally wrong. Terrible prediction. Move on. That's it.
1: That's right. Um, you have to. Uh, you have to be honest with yourself. And you can, you can say, okay, what went wrong about me being wrong? How was I wrong? I think that's important. I think that you do that. I, I think the best... Reviews like season reviews of like leagues that you're in, especially expert leagues, are not the victory leagues, not the victory laps, but at the what went wrong, what was wrong with my process, where was but, I wrong?
3: But, but if, if you're so convinced that your process is so good and you say, oh, well, my process was good, what went wrong is I had bad luck, variants went wrong. Then, then I did the right thing. I made the right call. This guy was a high-volume guy, and he was in a good offense, and it just didn't pan out. You know, but my, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm going to keep doing the exact same thing. That's what those guys must be saying. No, because I, not all.
1: Uh, I think the, there's I, I read plenty of good stuff out there, more in baseball than football. I feel like football, I don't see it as often, but maybe I'm reading more baseball than I am football, but I, I see a lot of people that are, uh, do better, do good self-criticism uh, for bait for, for ba- in, in our industry in baseball.
3: They do. Like what if they get a prospect wrong, that they say, "Oh, come on, prospects are too risky." You can't you can't pick Ronald Acuna to be a uh, a monster or like rookie. hey I, I
1: thought this guy was gonna you know this 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 pitch was gonna you know learning this pitch was gonna make him a better pitcher or whatever the case may be or I spent you know I waited too late to you know I did, you know it's a categorical league too of course so it's a little bit different you know like I you know I I I botched closers this year or I I, I should not have invested in catchers this earlier you know this year- know,
3: but that's not questioning their process so much that's just like the fact. Sure. But, it, right? it's, oh, but e- it's easy to say, oh, I, I got the wrong closers. They lost their job. But they say, wow, my evaluation of closers is just off base. I've seen to- that before. I've seen that before. Like, I'm oh, not saying you've never seen it before. I'm saying to me that's like. I hope I've done it before, actually.
1: You know, I, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think, you know, you have to adjust your draft style. I mean, I, certainly if you don't, if you're not cashing in the NFPC and it's consistently not cashing in the NFPC, clearly your process is wrong. Well, I mean, that's the ultimate say, arbiter,
3: right? Well, no, because you, you know, you're not playing a hundred entries. I mean, if you're playing two, two or three entries a year and you're cashing like, you know, one out of every 10 entries, two out of every 10, well, not cashing one, out every three entries, one, every four entries, that's about what the true odds are for everybody. If everybody were equal. So if you, if you're supposed to cash one out of every four and you only play two or three a year, you could easily go a two-year span without cashing sure, just due sure. to bad luck. Can, I'll speculate. I'll and you speculate could also that. get like two or three caches in a year just due to good luck. You know, you happen to have some of the same players and that, those guys have been crazy. It's very easy to like justify whatever you want. You know, it's very easy. Yeah. You'd have to have like a very compellingly long track record without cashing before you said, wow, like I, I suck at this.
1: How about DFS? I think that's easier to say that, right? If you play a lot of contests. I think if you only put one entry in, of course, that's not enough. But say you're you're playing every say basketball, you're playing every night, or baseball, you're playing every day.
3: If you're playing cash games every day, and you keep losing money over the long haul, it's probably easy to see that you're doing something wrong, right? Because that then you're you're those are you know fifty
1: fifty or head to heads or even maybe not even double ups where it's not quite, it's a little less than 50, 50 odds. And, and then, or, and of course you're trying to beat the Vegas in all these games too. It's just like sports betting for that matter. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to say, oh, we're, of course we're allowed to say it. Cause Hey, we've been saying it all the time, all the time. There's a lot of principles that are similar.
3: Yeah. Well, I don't know why we would not be allowed to say that, Jeff. We're encouraged. We're now supposed to say it. Right. It's all sports betting all the time. Right. Well, ever since the Supreme court ruling on
1: that, i think the atmosphere has changed but still in state legislatures it's not the same it's it's viewed differently so i hope you
3: get arrested for it i hope
1: you get arrested for i live in california i'm fine i'm totally fine yeah fine just fine yeah sure all right anything else you want to say before we sign off this week
3: no not really um i uh it was a good week 10 I hope I get the points I need tonight in a couple of leagues. One of which is against you. Not that I really care about that one, but it would just be nice to beat you because I think you care about it. And uh, yeah, I yeah, still about care.
1: It. I still got it. You know, I got a playoff chance, so yeah. Yeah, of course, I care. Yeah. Message, I care. Yeah, so it will feel good, especially since I beat you in Huevos uh, by that uh, tenth of a point.
3: And that one actually mattered. and I got crushed this week by Pete. And now I'm probably on, you know, I'm probably a little on the outside looking in. I was fifth, I'm probably like eighth now, so got some work to do.
1: Yeah, six more teams on by in week 11. Uh, the entire AFC East plus Cleveland and San Francisco. So no Nick Chubb this week. That hurts a little bit because he's been so good uh, and was so good against the uh, Falcons. Uh, you know. You do. It's going to be a big Zeke Elliott week. He goes faces the Falcons this week. So there you go. Uh, your quick look ahead to week 12. We'll do a lot. Our week 11. We'll do a lot more of that in the next couple of shows. Uh, we like to do the guess the spread thing. We'll be doing that on XM on Tuesday. So looking forward to that, too.
3: Guess the spread is going to be bigger than chances to win. That's my prediction. It's better. It's just not bigger because we don't have <laughs> it's the interaction. way better. It's way better. Yeah, you'll see. Guess it's, the spread it's absolutely better. Ahead.
1: And we, sh- and we can do over-unders like we did when we started this
3: podcast talking about uh, Chiefs sure. and Rams. So I mean, my over-under, yeah, that's good. actually good because because I don't calibrate them and I have no idea, it's actually, but I'll see them when I'm doing the spreads. But it, it is actually like a really funny thing to have it totally random, like be off by six points. Like I'm almost never off by more than a handful of points on the spread. Usually it's like a point or half a point or
1: something. I think I'm going to do something different. I think I'm going to pre-guess them so when we do them on the air, I'll actually have my answers. All right. Dangerous, I know.
3: Just don't cheat like you usually do.
1: Like I usually do. That's so That's so. List of you to kind of just throw that in as an aside. Yeah. All
3: right. I of think course. that's a perfect way
1: to wrap this one up here. All right. Thanks for listening to Talking Yang. Chris Liss, Jeff Erickson. Follow us on Twitter, Jeff underscore Erickson, Chris underscore Liss. Uh, catch us on XM. And, of course, subscribe to Rotowire, wire dot com slash pod will get you your free 10-day trial. And we'll catch you again next week on Talking Yang. Thanks for listening.